Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about an event that took place about a month ago. It made a few headlines at the time, but there's been very little said about it ever since. There's a global debate raging on the best way to handle the global pandemic. Let's be clear, there's no good solution. There are three major trade-offs to be made. Number one, protecting health for people who might be susceptible. Number two, minimizing the damage to the economy through social isolation and quarantine activities. And number three, protecting the healthcare system from being overwhelmed with hospitalizations. Unfortunately, what is a scientific and economic problem has become politicized. At the end of the day, the virus doesn't care what passport you hold, what political party affiliation you have, where you live, or whether you're old or young. Last month, there was a motorcycle rally that was held in Sturgis, South Dakota over a 10-day period, in which nearly half a million people descended on a small town of about 7,000. A new paper, published by the IZA Institute of Labor Economics, funded by the Deutsche Post Foundation from Germany, took a close look at this particular Sturgis motorcycle rally. The researchers are from Bentley University, University of Colorado in Denver, and San Diego State University. This annual event brings people from all over the United States. It's a 10-day event with dozens of concerts, live performances, races, and bike shows that drew over 460,000 individuals to a small town. The Sturgis Motorcycle Rally represents a situation where many of the worst-case scenarios for super-spreading occurred simultaneously. The event was prolonged, lasting a full 10 days. It had people packed closely together. It involved a large out-of-town contingent and it had low compliance with recommended infection countermeasures like the use of masks. Attendees to the events were only required to show that they had a mask in their possession. They were not required to wear it. The only large factors that would have worked to prevent the spread of infection was that it was mostly an outdoor venue, and the inherent low population density in the state of South Dakota. A month after the event, it looks like the number of cases in the community multiplied by a factor of between 4 and 5 be clear, the case counts in Meade County prior to the rally were pretty low, or approximately two cases per thousand population. After the rally, the number grew to about nine cases per thousand population. Not only that, the event was responsible for the spread of the disease back into the communities where attendees originated from. The study used anonymous data from a company called SafeGraph, which silently collects location data from people's cell phones. They demonstrated that non-resident cell phone pings rose in the census block groups where the Sturgis event took place over the 10-day period of the rally, as compared with other census block groups within South Dakota and in the bordering states of South Dakota. They used the SafeGraph data to measure the number of non-resident visitors to the census block groups where the Sturgis motorcycle rally events took place. They traced those attendees back to their home counties, and they measured the stay-at-home behavior among residents of Meade County. Now, with a population of about 900,000, and covering an area of 77,000 square miles, South Dakota is one of the least densely populated states in the country, ranking 46 out of 51 states, including the District of Columbia. They naturally had social distancing built into their society. They're the opposite of, say, New York City, for example. For that reason, South Dakota had no restrictions on restaurant closings, no restrictions on social gatherings, just no restrictions, period. They put the responsibility in the hands of residents and visitors to act responsibly. There's no mask-wearing mandate, and there's no work-from-home requirement. The makeup of the attendees at the motorcycle rally was 0.9% from the local county, 8.5% from other counties in South Dakota, 
and close to 90.7% from out of state. All of this data was provided by the smartphone pings. Now let's be clear, there is not 100% participation in the smartphone program. There are currently 45 million people participating in the smartphone program across the United States, or about 13.6% of the population. So the data collected from the Sturgis rally is statistical. It's not absolute, but the numbers are large enough to be statistically valid. So this is the first study to explore the impact of this kind of an event on social distancing and the spread of COVID-19. The authors of the study concluded that the Sturgis motorcycle rally generated public health costs of approximately $12.2 billion. Now this number was derived by referencing another paper published last week which constructs a model based on the notion of value of a statistical life borrowed from the Department of Transportation injury models. This gives a statistical valuation and not an actual cost, and therefore, in my opinion, the financial conclusions drawn by the study are flawed. The authors stepped out of their lane on that part of their conclusions. However, the rest of the study, on its own, is a solid piece of work. It has the potential to demonstrating what a super-spreader event could do for the spread of COVID-19. This study is the first real Petri dish experiment of a large gathering involving large numbers of people to a live event and involving travel from many parts of the country into a single location. And since the study was published just last week, I expect it will play a role in shaping public health policy for governments, not only in the United States, but also around the world. I have no doubt that some people reading the study would conclude there should be fewer events like this. And then there's others who would say we should be having more live events. I don't think the study is going to change anybody's mind. But for politicians and public health policymakers who are looking to make data-driven decisions, it's a very useful piece of work. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.